bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's word. Well, uh, as you know, our theme for the year is leadership and um, starting a new uh, series. Uh, it's going to be two parts this week and next week. I've titled it, Lead Me, Lord. Lead me, Lord. you find that in our declaration uh, when we ask for God's leadership. Every leader needs leading. Every leader must have someone to follow. For a leader to lead others accurately, he or she must learn to follow the leading of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that was one of the important lessons that David learned and practiced. And uh, it's a lesson that I believe David teaches all leaders. David was one of the most profound uh, leaders of his time. Uh, certainly uh, the most profound leader of Israel. And he led the nation into great victory. Uh, they went into battles and, and he won his battles. And uh, David had a secret that helped him to be a great leader. And uh, it's a secret that we're going to learn between this week and next week. So a couple of Psalms that I want us to read are Psalm, 50, Psalm 5 verse 8, Psalm 25 verse 5, Psalm 27 verse 11, Psalm 61 verses 1 and 2. And I'll read all of them quickly. Psalm 5 verse 8, lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness. Because of my enemies, make your way straight before my face. Psalm 5 verse 5, Psalm 25 verse 5. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Psalm 27 verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Psalm 61 verse 1 and 2, hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And in these passages, we see the secret of David's leadership. And this is just selected from uh, several passages in the Psalms where you hear the cry, lead me, lead me, lead me, lead me. It's very interesting because the people were telling David, lead me, and David was telling God, lead me. He understood that if he was going to be a great leader of people, he has to be submitted to God's leadership. He had to learn to depend on God. And that, I believe, should be the secret of all great leaders. One of my favorite hymns was penned by Samuel Wesley. 
uh, grandson of Charles Wesley, the great hymn writer and leader of the Methodist Church. And, it, and he says, lead me, Lord, lead me in thy righteousness. Make thy way plain before my face. For it is thou, Lord, thou, Lord only, that makest me dwell in safety. It is a hymn of dependence on God. If we're going to be leaders in any field, whether as parents or as leaders of communities or leaders of industries or leaders of big organizations, leaders of churches, we have to learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit or God's leading. Leaders must have a reliable source of guidance. Every leader needs a reliable source of guidance. Some source of guidance that you can trust, that you can depend on. Now why do we need that? Because when people look up to you, you can't look up to the people. When my children come to me with questions, I don't turn to them with the same questions. Daddy, I need help. Where can I get the help? I can ask my child, so what should I do? Uh, or church members come and say, Pastor, uh, this is my problem. Uh, this is my situation. I, I, need God. I need help. Can you counsel me? And, and, uh, and then you ask them, can you tell me what to do? Leaders don't ask their followers for the way. The followers ask the leader for the way. The leader must also ask somebody. And David tells us that if we are going to be great leaders, we must have reliable source of guidance. And what is a reliable source of guidance? It is one who is our standard. Our guide is our standard. All of us measure ourselves by a standard. When you write an exam, uh, an exam, you are marked by a standard. When you work in a place, you are assessed by a standard. As leader, David made the righteousness and truth of God his standard. For us to have a guide, a marking scheme for our lives, there has to be a standard that we are seeking to attain. And for David, that was God. A reliable source of guidance is one who shows you the way. People look up to you for guidance. Whom do you look to for guidance? After you've read all the books and listened to all the good advice from all the experts, how do you decide which is the right way? And as, le as, as leader, David showed that he looked up to the Lord. A true source of guidance, a reliable source, is one who teaches you how to behave. One who teaches you how to behave. When you are in the presence of your enemy, how do you behave? When you are in a place and you know all the people smiling at you hate you, how do you behave? When you hear that somebody has set a trap for you, but he's supposed to be your best friend. How do you behave? I'm reminded of Jesus Christ. Sitting at table and knowing who has betrayed him. How did he behave? Jesus moving with Judas and knew, knowing this man is going to mess my life up. 
How do you behave when you are surrounded by so much wickedness? How do you behave when you have great opportunity, when you are promoted, you become a big man, a big woman? Who teaches you how to carry yourself? There has to be somebody guiding you. Otherwise, your promotion can be your demotion. There are people who have been promoted to their own destruction because they didn't know how to behave. But David understood how to behave before both his friends and his enemies. A reliable source of guidance is one who is your higher rock. One who is your higher rock. He says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Everybody here who is in any form of leadership knows that there are times your heart is overwhelmed. I've seen parents overwhelmed by their children. You see that a mother with about three children and one is looking for that and one is looking for that and the other is looking for that and you look at the mother sitting there sometimes just quiet. Not that she doesn't know what to do. She's overwhelmed. Which child should I stop? Whom should I instruct? And the other one is stamping on somebody's uh, foot and insulting an older man and the other one is misbehaving, pulling an old man's beard and the other one is trying to pull off the cloth of another woman and you are, the mother is just sitting and, and sometimes you look at her and say, doesn't she care? She cares. But she's overwhelmed. She just doesn't know what to do. Too many problems. And every leader goes through that. It may not be children. It may be in your church as a pastor. It may be in a nation. I'm sure presidents get overwhelmed. I'm sure CEOs get overwhelmed where so many things are happening at the same time and you don't know which problem to solve so you just do nothing. But David said, when my heart is overwhelmed, when I don't know what to do, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Every leader must have that. The one who holds your hand and guides you to something that is higher than us. If we're going to be great leaders uh, at any level of life, we have to have a reliable source of guidance. Something we can depend on and be sure that when our heart is overwhelmed, when our enemies surround us, when we don't know what to do, when we can't tell the way forward, there is somewhere to go to to find help. And for David... That was in God, and for us, that should also be our pattern. So, the whole essence of what I'm trying to, I'm going to teach, or I'm teaching this week and next week, is about God's leading, or the Holy Spirit's leading over our lives. And I want us to start by looking at the pattern of how God leads us. How does he lead us? And we're going to see the pattern from how God led Israel in the wilderness. This was a new nation which had just been formed. For 430 years, Israel has been in captivity in Egypt. They always followed the leading of whoever was Pharaoh at, at that time. They told them to weed, they weed, build, they build, sleep, they sleep. Then all of a sudden, one night, they got free. 
And now they had to tell them when to sleep, themselves when to sleep and when to wake up. Freedom is very expensive, by the way. So, how did God lead them? Now they don't have Pharaoh to lead them, but they have to move on. They have to move on with their lives as, as people. How were they led? Exodus chapter 13, verse 21 and 22 will show us the pattern of God's leadership. Very interesting passage um, that helps us to have a framework to determine how God would lead us. Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. This is just after they had come out of Egypt. And the passage says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. The Lord went before them. Note that phrase. The Lord went before them. That phrase means that he went ahead of them. He was in front of them. Not just with them, not just behind them, but in front of them. God is with us at various levels in life. He is behind us as our defender. He is with us to assure us. But he goes ahead of us as our leader. And sometimes we know him as our defender. He is behind us. We know God is with us, our confidence, but we don't know the one who goes ahead of us. So we may have confidence, we may be protected, and still not know where we are going. But the same Lord who was their defender and with them is now before them. Before them. And that's very important. It says the Lord went before them. Now, it didn't say that the Lord let an angel go before them, but the Lord himself goes before them. This is not just a manifestation of God's presence. This is God himself ahead of the people. Now, he led them in two different situations, which are very instructive for us. First, he led them by day, by day as a cloud to lead the way. He led them by day as a cloud. To lead the way. Now, what does that mean? He led them by day. The daytime is the time when you see clearly. That is a time when you have light, you are not in darkness. That is a time when you know your way clearly. Everything is clear before you. He went before them when everything was clear. In other words, when everything is clear to you, you say, well, I've studied it, I've done the research, I've done the analysis, and I know clearly what to do. Don't just jump to make a decision. Don't just say, well, this is what I studied. Yes, this is what you studied in school. This is, this is, this is it. All the research, so, so, and so, and so. It's the daytime. 
I am not in ignorance. I'm not in doubt. But still, the Lord led them. The Lord led them. You know, many times when people know what to do, they don't pray. Have you noticed? When you just know what to do, how many of us, we go to, to, to work, and maybe you're an accountant, you studied accountancy, you are a chartered accountant, and you know your uh, balance sheet and square sheets and <laughs> triangle sheets, and you know all trials, trial balances, and uh, you, you know all of that. You don't pray. You just go and just try to fix the numbers because you believe it's day. I know what to do. But God says, even when it is day, I go before you. You have to learn to follow the cloud. When you think you know what you're doing, when you think everything is clear before you, still follow the Lord because there are aspects of it you have no clue of. So, when it is day, he led them by the cloud. The daytime also refers to what God has made clear to us. That is his will, which is clear to us. It, it refers to instances when God's word is clear in a situation, when the general will of God is known. When the word of God is clear on a subject, just obey him. When his word has already given you light on a situation, you don't need more light. You just need obedience. So what does that mean when God's word is clear? There are issues in our lives that God has clearly spoken to. Some sins are clearly spelt out in the Bible. Adultery. Thou shalt not commit adultery. You don't, you don't just say, Lord, I don't really know what your will is. Please show me your way, Lord. Show me your way, Lord. Have an all-night prayer meeting. Lord, should I commit adultery or not to commit it? I just love this woman. She's married. I'm married. But I don't really know. Lord, the way I feel towards her. Lord, show me what to do. He's not going to speak. Because it is day. Follow the cloud. Just obey him. Follow him. Because he's made his will clear. Should I steal or not steal? What do you think about it, Lord? Should I lie? Should I kill? Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And some things are also clearly uh, spelled out in the Bible. Pray, Lord, should I pray or not pray? Pray without season, it's clear. Should I study the Bible? Read the Bible. It's clear in the word of God. Should I give my tithe or my first fruit? You don't pray about it. Bring all the tithe into the house, says the Lord. I know some of you were praying about that, Lord. What, what do you think, Lord? Should, Father, I don't know. I don't know your will. You, his will is clear. It's day. Are you following me? It's day. So you, you don't go and say, Lord, please, uh, this, this tithe thing, uh, I don't know whether I should give today or not. Uh, should, should I pray or not? It's day. It's clear. And when it is daytime, what God did for Israel is the cloud is in front of them and they just follow. They just follow. So the cloud says, move, they move. Because the will of God is clear. So two things here. When it's daytime, it means 
You know everything about the situation. Still follow God. The daytime also means when God's will is made clear, obey him. So, we see the, the, the presence of God leading them by day. But then doesn't lead only by day, but leads also by night. And by night, that same pillar that was a cloud in the day becomes fire by night to give them light. Not to burn them, but to give them light. The night time is when you cannot see clearly. That's when you are in the dark. The will of God is not clearly known. Refers to instances where there's no direct scriptural word on the situation. Should I accept this appointment or not accept this appointment? Should I relocate to Takwa or stay in Accra? Should I marry the handsome man or the ugly one? Sometimes it's handsome and trouble and ugly and blessing. (laughs) So, uh, which one should I marry? Now, there is no way in the Bible that says marry Kujo or Kwesi or Ama or Akosia. So, in that, it's dark, it's night. You don't know the clear word of God. Or, this person uh, I'm working with, uh, how should I I know that this is what they want to do. They are planning against me. How should I respond to it? There's no, you can't find any word in the Bible that says, when you go to office on Monday, treat John this way. So you are in the dark. It's night. So the light is when God's word is clear. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, you know. The night, the daytime is when God's word is clear. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not. The night is when you don't really know how to discern the will of God in a situation. Every leader goes through that process where you don't know the will of God. Now, when the word of God is not clear on a subject, you seek clarity. You seek clarity. Because there's nothing to obey. You need the pillar of fire by night. God has to illumine or illuminate our darkness. He helped us to see more clearly so that we can walk in the light. In the dark, you don't move until you receive light. In the day, you move. Just follow the cloud. But in the dark, you wait until you have light. So, as leaders, we lead both in the day and in the night. We lead when we are sure of what to do, and we still lead when we are not sure of what to do. When we are sure of what to do, we follow God. When we are not sure of what to do, we ask God for guidance and light. Now, if you are a leader, you're going to find probably most of your time is going to be divided Almost equally between day and night. There are times we know what to do and there are times you don't know what to do. But when you don't know what to do, you can't just say, well, I don't know what to do, so I won't do anything. You know, I don't know what to do. But you must do something. When I started pastoring, that that was one of my uh, discoveries. I, I realized people believe in their pastors. I'm telling you, people believe in them. And I was just a young boy. 
man, not boy, man. And I wasn't married. And out here, I'll get people who have been married, whose children are almost my age, come to me with big marriage problems that I had no clue of. And they're looking at me with expectation. Pastor, what should I do? I almost felt like saying, what should I do? I'm in the dark. I, I don't have practical experience. I don't have light here. I don't have knowledge here. But he's expecting me and I can tell him, well, you know, I don't know what to do. And I had to learn to pray very quick prayers. <laughs> While the person, people come and sit in front of me and I start shooting prayers to God. God, help me this one. I don't know what to do. And somehow, 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 I can't explain. By the time I'm through, the person is through and I'm going through my struggle, the pillar of fire, light comes. Light comes. And I, I, I give them sound counsel, and they shake my hand and say, Pastor, you are so wise. You are, so, you are wiser than your age. I say, I know. I know. I'm wiser than my age because I am following the ancient of days. He was here before you, and I follow him. And so far as I rely on him, even in the dark, he will be a pillar of fire for me. Every leader has to learn to trust in God for clarity. In the time when you don't know what to do. So let me show you how to respond uh, in those two circumstances. Joshua chapter 1 verses 7 and 8. This is how Joshua is instructed to respond to the revealed word of God. Joshua chapter 1, 7 and 8. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may be able to observe according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So when God's word is clear, there is a way to behave. The word of the Lord, the book of the law was clear. It had been given to Moses. It was written. Everybody knew it. And he didn't say, when, uh, just seek for guidance. He says, the book of the law is with you, so do it. So there are times when God's word is true. What God says about his love for us is clear. What God says about the power of the blood of Jesus is clear. What God says about what happens when we believe in Jesus is clear. What God says about abundant life in Christ is clear. What God says about the blessing of the righteous is clear. It's clear. What do you do then? When you know the will of God, he says, think of it. Meditate on the word. Occupy the word, your thoughts with the word of God. Don't just think about it, but he says, Talk it. Declare the word. Let your conversations be guided by what God says. While acknowledging the reality you live in, always let the word of God rule over every situation. Then he says, do it. Act boldly. 
This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it there and now. Then you'll be careful to do all that is written in it. Then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.